The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are not too pissed off. It has been... Um, an experience since the last time we held one of these. It is Tuesday afternoon, which means it's time for a Blog and the Boys roundtable, a live show on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch along live with us. Please do subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can always catch the rewatch at your own convenience or listen to the podcasted version of this show on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Uh, search for Blog and the Boys wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Our podcast network, pretty vast, pretty expansive. We have a lot of shows that we offer. And joining me today are two of our fabulous voices. You hear him every <laughs> Thursday on riled up you see him at the pages at bloggingtheboys.com it is tom ryle on twitter at tom ryle btb and joining us for the first time a uh, new show on the blogging the boys podcast now you can hear him every sunday with meg murray on the world's team all the way from scotland rick pot 247 chiming in in our comment section from germany so there is a, a strong european sense here tonight it is paul stewart on twitter at imp stew i believe paul uh we'll throw it to you first welcome thank you for joining us and uh I believe it's 11 o'clock where you're at. Yes, it is. It's 11 p.m. And uh, just for our German viewer, I think he's two hours ahead of me or one hour ahead. So he is in much more further time than all of us right now. So respect. <laughs> well, Paul is uh, very familiar with all of the time zones um, throughout Europe because, well, Europeans are a little bit more amicable with one another than us Americans, Tom. Uh, but besides that, Paul is a strong member of the UK Cowboys contingent, our great friends over from UK Cowboys. Uh, check out all the great work they do. They have their shows a couple times a week, uh, their podcasts as well, lots of fantastic draft coverage. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we're all obsessed with this team, Tom. Uh, but as I believe Blue 365 um, kind of sets the tone for our conversation conversation tonight why did the cowboys do this to us tom my question to you um to get the party started what is this because we're, we're all feeling this you know what i mean i but you you have a way with words that most of us don't what how would you qualify this it's sort of a dystopian confusion you know as it just like we see the world being laid waste about the Dallas Cowboys, but we have no idea what happened. It's like we're sitting here, we're watching other teams do apparently whatever they can despite the salary cap or trading away masses of draft picks to get their guy. And the Cowboys here are saying, wow, we had a, a strong season last year, even though it ended badly. And let's just throw away some of our better pieces and and make some really strange contract decisions and we're all just sitting here going why we don't get it it's um it's tough paul um you know this happens every year like the cowboys are never going to be the team that's that's making the most cosmetic change that's uh trading the biggest thing that's that's making the biggest splash but um you know, continually being a wallflower while, you know, it's not just like some songs are hard to dance to, Cowboys. Like, we don't expect you to get out there, you know, every single tune, but you're you're watching the YMCA, the Cupid Shuffle, you know, the Electric Slide. Like, these are songs that everybody can dance to, and they somehow refuse, Paul, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, 
we always seem to let go of that dance partner for sure. Like we've had it over the years. For, we've actually a lot. Like we've just refused point blank to keep a hold of players when we really do need them in the, when at their most. And this year alone, I'm just like we seem to be having. I don't know about you guys, but I just feel as our priorities have completely shifted. Three sixties. Like shouldn't we be kind of focusing on keeping this guy rather than over this guy? Like I'm just. My mind is just completely blown away what's been going on this past week. So it's 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 not a fun time to be a Cowboys fan right now, that's for sure. Tom, before we fully dive in, uh, before we put on the um, spelunking gear, I suppose, um, you know, all, all of the, the necessary and safety equipment, because, you know, we always want to be safe. Um, Jose Christian says, here we go with the Cowboys hate never satisfied. Tom, I don't think we're... You know, I don't think we're being hateful. I, I don't think we're being picky. I don't think we're being shrill. Um, what I mean, objectively speaking, Tom, what would there be to be satisfied with right now? About the team? Oh, my <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right there. Um, you know, I'm sure they're, uh, you know, their, their financial earnings this, this past year, something to smile about. But yeah, about the state of the football team, about the prospects of winning a world championship, about the idea of ending a Super Bowl drought that is older than the Baltimore Ravens franchise. Yeah, I, and I don't know why the financial considerations mean anything, because none of that is lining our pockets for certain. You know, that's all going to the Jones family. Uh, you know, great for them, but we are here as fans of the team and one of the things we do uh, after the season ends and up until free agency really gets in swing is we like to kind of game play, you know, role play what we do if we were the general manager. And none of what they're doing, I think, is anything that people tried to foresee because none of it seems to be that smart. So to that point, Tom, I think along the lines of that, everybody does um, like a draft simulator, whether you're using Pro Football Focus or PFN or whatever the case may be. Everybody does that. And, you know, you screenshot, you tweet, you say, you know, what do you think of, of my haul? I took so-and-so at 24, whatever, blah, blah. And the common response is, if it's an outlandish one, is that's never going to happen. That that person's never going to be available. There's always some semblance of reality to your point. Um, and so th this is the simulation where we're saying there's no way, like nobody would do this. This would never happen in real life. Um, we don't have to beleaguer this point, Paul, uh, because we've discussed this exact idea a lot throughout the network. But just to kind of set the stage for where we're at, uh, first things first, the Cowboys are on the precipice of moving on from not just Amari Cooper, but Demarcus Lawrence. Um, do you fully expect that to happen at this point in time, given everything that's been reported so far? I'm, I'm at the stage where I, I, yeah, I think it's likely to happen, to be honest. Mm. Um, with uh, D-Law um, I think he kind of came out and said he's not refusing to take any pay cut or anything like that as well I'm pretty sure there was a I think there was a couple of tweets and reports regarding that so it kind of sounds as though he might be out on his way but and we already know about the whole Amari Cooper situation that was publicly revealed which I was not too chuffed about but yeah it's yeah uh, sadly but yeah Tom um Jose chimes in here and says, you have to make cuts when you pay a quarterback oh. franchise money. Herein lies, uh, and we don't have to, you know, th this this narrative has already been properly extinguished by many different people. But herein lies the problem, and I know you are, are certainly one who, who has highlighted this for several years now. This is... This exact comment from Jose Christian is Stephen Jones's idea and Stephen Jones's intention is to divide the fan base from the players, to point fingers, to cast the attention. The blame is on Dak Prescott. Dak took all that money. Dak is greedy. If Dak were willing to take less money, they would have the money to keep all these players. The problem is we've detailed many different times in all of our blog on the boys' properties is a lack of foresight from the Cowboys front office. If they were forward thinking enough three years ago to get the deal done with Dak Prescott done the way at the time the Philadelphia Eagles were with Carson Wentz or the LA Rams or with Jared Goff just as two examples we've seen many other franchises be forward thinking in this sense with a franchise quarterback the playbook is certainly out there if that had been done there would be more proverbial pie to hand out slices from Tom yeah and it's also the fact that they act like they have some control over how big a piece of the pie they can spend on things there is a market for franchise quarterbacks. There is a market for wide receiver ones out there. Uh, there's a market for edge rushers. And the Cowboys simply seem 
to be unwilling to stay up with the times on where that market is and do what's necessary to get the right to get a combination of people. They seem to think, well, oh, no, now we've got to put all our money over in this bucket so we can't move it around yet. The cap has been proven time and again to be remarkably flexible as long as you're willing to keep working forward and using the future growth in earnings as a way to make the costs that are pushed downstream more manageable. You know, we we just saw the Green Bay Packers, who were in worse salary cap situation than the, the Dallas Cowboys, go and pay Aaron Rodgers $200 million with the biggest guarantee ever, he, I think. He did dispute those figures, just to be fully clear, Tom, but you're right. Those were the reported numbers, a four-year $200 yeah. million deal with $153 million guaranteed. To add to your point, Tom, go ahead. Uh, they also placed a franchise tag of yeah. value north of $18 million for Devontae Adams. So at the very least, if you want to look at it in a pure vacuum sense, a $68 million commitment between that particular connection for 2022 alone between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Yeah, and they're going to have to do some remarkable uh, gymnastics with the cap, but they're not afraid to. Uh, and, and oddly, the Cowboys used to be seen as a team that was constantly kicking the can down the road to, to an extreme, and now they're afraid to. It's, I don't know what happened. I don't know why they're so concerned about the future years because even if the cap did finally force you to have to part ways with players just to be able to get under it, you don't have to do that now. And the league is a right now league. All that matters is what can you do this year? Now, all of a sudden, we're looking around at the NFC and a whole lot of teams don't look that challenging. I mean, the Seahawks just traded away Russell Wilson. They're no longer really a contender. Uh, there's really only a couple of teams that you could say are in better shape at quarterback than the Cowboys. That's Green Bay and the L.A. Rams. And yet the Cowboys at a time when it looks like, oh, my gosh, now's the time to push the chips all to the center of the table and go for this thing. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to just uh, back off here and, and fold and save our little pile for the next stand. Um, we have some Cowboys storylines to get to. But on the heels of this, Paul, uh, Tom mentioned Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. He did specify he is returning. So, yep. you know, regardless of what the financials are, we know he'll be back. We know uh, that the Seattle Seahawks are, you know, taking a considerable step back, although they were pretty bad last year, you know, yeah. even with Russell Wilson. Um, I, it's my own personal contention that, you know, this morning Dak Prescott was higher in the NFC quarterback hierarchy than Russell Wilson anyway, um, but he is gone. And so, you know, when you have a franchise quarterback, you're always a threat to compete, even if the Seahawks did not last year. But, Paul, we're now in a world where you've got the Los Angeles Rams. Give them their due to the reigning Super Bowl champions, reigning conference champions. They're a threat. I think we would all agree that the Packers are still a more sizable threat. Um, yeah. You know, that there was a little bit of fortuitous events that happened for the Rams in the Super Bowl. But, hey, they won it. No big deal. It's You've got the 49ers. They did beat the Cowboys in the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, there is some like, substance to that, Paul. But generally speaking, there are not a lot of contending teams in the NFC. They all happen to reside in the AFC. So I'll put it to you, Paul. Are the Cowboys squandering, a, you know, I made this up, but a competitionless NFC? I mean, this is, I mean, they, the roads don't get this easy. And, and not only is it a, a you know, weakened or a weaker conference, um, but but they also have a very weak division. They, they have a very, yeah. you know, very, very malleable path to getting there. And then, you know, who knows? You get there, maybe you get lucky, maybe you don't. But it, it does kind of feel like they're just, you know, fine with, you know, the road being easy and not having to do much to get through it. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I, I, with the whole, especially with the trade with um, Seattle and uh, Denver, like I'm, I'm just me and Mike and Jamie were just talking about us like, a couple of hours ago. It's like when you look at the AFC div division where the Broncos are in, and when you look at all those list of those quarterbacks, it's like God, any one of those teams could go into the playoffs and win and stuff like that. It's a very competitive division, but when you look at all sides within the NFC is like only a certain amount of handful of teams are have that potential to actually make a dent and stand out as contenders. And that's like Rams and Green Bay. And like you said, it could be 49ers, and, but there can be like a 
50-50, depending what they do in the offseason. So, but for like regards to us, it's all the moving parts around our, our team. It's like really needs to show what we need to like go forward with. Like we need to know what we're going to do with the draft, etc., and what we're going to do with Cooper and stuff like we just. And this is the part though. It's like we've got a big question mark when it comes to the Cowboys. Are, are, are we in that bracket where we're not competitive, or we're going to be competitive? That's the question I think we're we're at right now. Tom, it, it does seem like the status quo for this team is to squander the would-be advantage or, or rather to rest on their laurels, however you want to put that. We've seen that happen with their quarterbacks, right? You know, when they've, they've had franchise quarterbacks and Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, it's been a matter of, well, they'll they'll be superstars. They'll carry us. We, we really don't have to do much to that side of the ball. We'll let them, you know, be Superman every single week. And we're starting to see the beginnings of that with Micah Parsons. Micah doesn't need Demarcus Lawrence on, on the defensive line. He's Micah Parsons. He'll do whatever, you know, Micah Parsons is going to do. And then we're going to end up in a situation where in an 11-man sort of sport, Micah Parsons, albeit a heroic one is one man and cannot be charged with the responsibility of an entire unit yeah and even worse we've got a head coach that's got a bit of a shadow over him it's kind of a make or break dude it's not a shadow this is like an eclipse yeah (laughs) and 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 yet they're blowing up the team around him it's like shouldn't those be kind of something that is at once you change the head coach and you blow the team up then to start rebuilding it yet the cowboys are now blowing it up first and then letting mike mccarthy twist in the wind along along those lines tom because this this is something i discussed with uh with brandon gowden from bleeding green nation sb nation's home for philadelphia eagles content he and i do a show every week um that drops on wednesdays on our podcast network called the nfc's mixtape where we look at the state of the division as a whole and so this this episode we recorded earlier it'll come out on wednesday just to kind of explain the you know the intricacies there but something that we were talking about tom is there is no kind of theme for the cowboys there's they're not you know, people use the terms all in and window and things like that. They're not even all in on one idea, whether that, that idea is to slowly rebuild for the future, compete right now. They're kind of in half land with a lot of different things. They're, you know, taking care of the future by prioritizing, you know, the all precious, you know, ring that is salary cap space to Stephen Jones's golem. Um, and, and they're also like, well, we got to win now. I mean, Mike McCarthy's here to win now and Dak Prescott's here to win now. So, but you, you can't have your foot in both camps. You can't, you can't win if you're only 70% win now. I mean, you can barely win sometimes, maybe if you're the exception, if you're 100% win now. And and so thinking that they can do it this way, Tom, seems a little bit foolish and, and really kind of arrogant. Yeah, it, it's like they're managed by the dog from the movie Up. Squirrel, you know, they constantly <laughs> just kind of shift from one thing to another. Uh, and and it's it, there's there is no overarching idea here as you said it's just like well today we're going to do this and then the next day oh well we've got this other thing we're going to do and they don't even look at how those two might relate to one another uh you know they they just they get in it's it's like you know the the discontent is great you know it, it is the winner of the dallas cowboys discontent here for a few more days before we finally get to spring and i just i don't know I, I, I like I've been a Cowboys fan for a long time and I've been accused of being way too optimistic. I'm not optimistic uh, about what's going to happen. Um, and it's it's as I said, uh, it's literally going to take the, the coaching staff and the players overcoming the management to do anything this year. You know, mm-hmm. I want them to win. It's just the obstacles keep growing. Paul, um Generally speaking, you and the other UK Cowboys contingent, in my experience, are really positive. I, you know, I, anytime I do a show with yeah. you guys or, or I hang out with you guys, I walk away feeling like, man, I am super negative. Um, but even you guys are kind of like not waving the white flag, but you it's like this this team has really beat down a lot of fans. I mean, and it's like I don't know anyone that, that isn't trolling that that is sincerely excited. Paul, is, is that fair? It's very fair, and you know fine well, like myself, I'm probably one of the most optimistic people out of uh, out of the bunch. Uh, obviously, there's, Brian can be very critical at times, but I would always try and think of the positives about everything. But I'm really, I'm struggling to accept what has happened in the past 24 hours right now. Uh, 
regards to like the shorts and stuff like that. I'm just like, and obviously with regards to like Stephen Jones coming out in public, blah 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 blah, etc. And I'm just like, I think for the first time in a while, I'm just like, I, I I'm kind of just like. I'm speechless. No, we're just going. We're just going through the motions. It's like, okay, yeah, he's here. Exactly. Cool. You know, whatever. Like, I what 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 could happen feasibly, Paul? That that would merit, you know, like a a here we go quote tweet. Like nothing. There's there's nothing that is within arm's length of them that they could do that would rope you back into excitement. Um, probably London, but (laughs) that's 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 but that's a whole different conversation, but um. Yeah, I'm just in regards to the actual team though, I'm you're we're talking about letting go our number one right receiver. I mean I can understand the decision behind it because he's not but this is more down to Kellen Moore's mistake because Cooper's only getting targeted what three, four targets overall this pretty much this whole like an on average this season and unless a D law like well He's on higher payroll, but you should say some people were saying, "Oh, he's earning too much." But he is still one of the best run uh, run stoppers on our line. But you're just like, surely the like if you can restructure Dak and Zach Martin, why can't we not do the exact same with Coop? And so to he- that point, Paul, the Cowboys today did create twenty two million dollars in salary cap space. Uh, by restructuring the contracts of Dak Prescott yep. and Zach Martin. Over the cap, fantastic resource for salary cap information in the NFL. Has them um, ultimately going to be about breaking even um, as far as cap space. Um, after these moves, they're still a little bit over, about a hair over. Um, but so that's still a bad place to be, Tom, considering they have players they want to sign, like Michael Gallup, who they're reportedly willing to give north of $10 million per year or two. They obviously want to bring back Randy Gregory. Um, now, this uh, evaluation does include Dalton Schultz, Tom, who on Tuesday the Cowboys officially placed the franchise tag on, the value of which is just under $11 million per year. Now, all of the homers, Tom, are out saying, well, the Cowboys are just going to, you know, they're going to get a long-term deal done. They're going to get this number down. That's that's what they're going to do. They're going to get it down to save some cap space. They're going to push it into the future. Here's the thing, Tom. Uh, Cowboys don't exactly have a great recent history when it comes to doing that with players that are on the franchise tag. And that's what there, there is. I think the cloud of negativity carries some reign of history, right? Like, you know, past behavior, precedent that the Cowboys have set. There's no reason to believe that they're going to be able to get a long-term deal done with Dalton Schultz when they didn't with Dak Prescott the first time. They didn't with DeMarcus Lawrence the first time. It took until the 11th hour to do so with Des Bryant. I mean, they are very, very, very bad at not dragging their feet, Tom. Yeah, and because they drag their feet, they wind up having to pay more and than they should have. Uh, from Dalton Schultz's standpoint, unless they come in with something that is really good and, frankly, more than he should be paid given how he ranks among tight ends in the league, I'd play out on the tag. <laughs> you know, i bet on myself. Go out yeah. there as the, 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 tie, the number one tight end, put up some great numbers, make my market value even better, I do that, or I wouldn't take a deal worth less than eleven million dollars a year, because that's exactly. your that's your rate now. Like, why would you take anything less than that, Paul? You wouldn't, because that, the Cowboys have no. now, def- and that's their problem. Like, they will offer him something less than that, uh, lower than that, and, and they, that doesn't make any logical sense because they're betting against themselves. That is the the issue with placing the tag on somebody, which that you would think they would have learned based on recent memory. Yeah, I mean, the the only scenario I could think of a player would actually take less if they are like being very like. The team have been very loyal to them in terms of like help number three hub or something. I'm just thinking of like Randy Dredry, for as an example, as a discount, or your Jalen Smiths, like he got a discount, like he took a discount. Even Amari Cooper did that because he could have had the chance to go to Washington. But regards to shows, I mean, he's no obligation to uh, take less money. I mean, I mean, like like Tom just said, it's like I would I would try and earn as much money as I could, like to see out the year and test the market, you know. So. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I just, I really don't know what to just think. It's just all smoke and mirrors right now. Well, and really Tom, we, we mentioned how they, they wait too long. They waited, they, they could have extended Dalton Schultz a year ago. They would not be in this position. 
They could have extended Michael Gallup a year ago, and they would not be in this position. And that one I think they specifically deserve the most blame for because all that's been said, Tom, is, well, this was the plan to cut Amari. The, the moment they gave Amari Cooper this deal in 2020, it was obvious. If you've been paying attention, they were going to cut Amari Cooper in 2022. Okay, if that was the case, then why not extend Michael Gallup a year ago? Because that's what a forward-thinking front office would have done. They would have said, all right, in, it's 2021. In one year, we're going to move on from Amari Cooper. We do not want to be caught with our pants down and have Michael Gallup know that we're going to do that, be able to use that as leverage against us. I mean, obviously he had the injury and those things were unforeseen, but that would have been the smart, feasibly, you know, it was very feasible way to handle this. It would have been the the well-connected, coherent way to do it. And and it's that lack of coherence that drives you crazy. Uh, You know, if you're going to do this, you should also do that, but they don't ever get both of them done. And, and you know we we it, it just it goes through the whole roster. Their their decisions are puzzling. Even if you go down towards lower cost deals, we're seeing now uh, in social media that they think that Brian Anger is too expensive and they're going to have to move on from him. But they're planning on keeping Greg Zerline. So okay, uh, let's let's unpack that. All right, because when you say it that way, that sounds preposterous. I. Believe me, I'm I like, let's line up. Let's grab some pitchforks. Let's party. Like, I'm with you. Let's let's storm, you know, the, the Cowboys brain trust. I don't have a huge problem with not bringing back Brian Anger because I don't, you know, it's a it's a punter. It's a position you should take seriously, but it's a punter. I mean, you know, like spend those resources elsewhere. I'm fine with that. And I mean, the Greg Zerline thing, I mean, you know, they, they can cut him whenever they want. Like, I don't think they're seriously necessarily bringing him back right now and saying he's going to be our kicker. I do believe because of the nepotism that surrounds, you know, that particular position based on the, the particular coach, I, I think that they'll take him to training camp, but they'll say it's a competition. But Paul, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lose sleep tonight because of Brian anger. That's one thing I'm not no, really no. like super upset about. No, no. Hey, I, I, I'm not going to lose sleep on it as well. And we already kind of seen uh, from the combine uh, that a, Faso was already kind of like scouting, like so, uh, is it Matt Azira, the uh, the kicker? I can't remember the university's from, but the one that hit the seventy-five yards. So he's been scouting him for me, and all the other partners were participating at the combine. So I think he, we're going to probably get some. We're obviously going to get someone from the undrafted at least anyway. But I, I don't kind of. I don't think we'll end up drafting a punter because we probably have more bigger, like you just said there, RJ, there's probably more bigger need for resources in different positions. Yeah. So, Tom, I mean, again, let, like, there's a lot of, there's a long list of reasons to, you know, <laughs> to be upset here. But the Brian Anger thing, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it sounds bad because, and, and like, but I've said this before, he, like, every, the two players that were, you know, surprises this season, if you want to call Dalton Schultz one, they completely lucked into. Like, anything great they've done, they have lucked into. They, they lucked into Micah Parsons. If the Carolina Panthers don't take J.C. Horn and the Denver Broncos don't take Patrick Sertan, Micah Parsons is somewhere else and one of those corners is in Dallas. If Jason Witten doesn't retire in 2018, the first time, who knows if they draft Dalton Schultz. When Jason unretired, they buried Dalton Schultz. And then if not for his second retiring and Blake Jarwin getting hurt, Dalton Schultz would have never had the opportunity that he did in 2020 to really emerge. I mean, so when it comes to Brian Anger, remember all the reports up through training camp where the Rams are thinking about cutting Johnny Hecker. They want to save that salary cap space. John Fossil, the moment Johnny Hecker's cut, he's bringing him back because he's got Jake McQuaid, his long snapper. He's got Greg Zerline, his kicker. He wants the boys back together like Vinny and the entourage. That's how John Fossil's looking at this. But the Rams did not cut Johnny Hecker. The Cowboys were forced to go with Brian Anger. And lo and behold, Paul, he was a good player. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't have, I don't really have much else to add to that, really. Just um, well. <laughs> Tom, money, uh, I'm not going to read this username. Uh, I'm not going to put the comment on the screen, actually, just because of the username. It's a family show, guys. Uh, but money uh, in the comment section says they needed to keep Schultz because they are getting rid of Amari. This is a commonly said thing, or has been a commonly said thing over the course of the last, I don't know, five days. Um do you accept this premise? <laughs> no, no, okay. no, no, no. Yeah, no, no. so, th- th- like, I feel badly for Dalton Schultz, to be very clear here, because he's there's a lot of, like, picking at him that is happening residually. This is not – this is this should oh, – Tom, you go ahead. This is the floor. No, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy at all with Dalton Schultz because he stepped up and did what the team needed him to do. And the, the, the Schultz and the Cooper situations are two separate problems. 
Schultz is really their only option to have a a proven tight end one. Who cares? I mean, that's I'm not it's not a position I'm like enamored with. But go ahead, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, but they they want to. You know, I can understand why they feel like they need to have some continuity there, to have something they can rely on, especially since Schultz has kind of assumed that safety blanket role that Jason Witten used to be for the quarterbacks. Uh, Cooper just, it's like, for, we don't really know if C.D. Lamb is going to be the wide receiver one. Now the team has to depend on him being that. But a larger thing that runs through this is I think it's to, kind of building on what you were saying. The Cowboys are mistaking having good luck with having a good plan because, mm. I mean, they looked mm. into Dak Prescott, you know, and that just happened. And yet they, they seem to think somehow they're brilliant because they got him as a franchise quarterback for a song uh before the the you know at least for his uh rookie deal because you know it was infamously a you know fourth round the one that they failed to properly capitalize on from a financial perspective yeah that's that that's it because they they keep going in and thinking they are going to outsmart everybody somehow uh they despite all that happens i think they the the joneses still believe they're the smartest guys in the room and they, they are not able to see the evidence of what's happening. Uh, it's, it's an amazing blind spot of theirs. And, and they keep plowing ahead with their, you know, the draft is everything, the draft and cap space. you got to have draft and cap space. Uh, and so we, we don't go after free eight. We, you know, we, they focus on signing, re-signing their own, but – you have to kind of question about who they're choosing to keep because, you know, you know, they want a guy to, to bring a guy in at so much, you know, 10 million when they, because they don't want to pay 20 million for another guy, but are they really getting the level of production? Because is, is Michael Gallup really going to give them enough to make up for losing Amari Cooper? I don't think that's an equitable trade-off. Um, Tom, you wrote about, correct me if I'm wrong, um, and it's, it's going out tomorrow. I just double checked. Um, and, and, and Paul, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts here, because yeah. this is a sensitive yeah. subject for some people. Uh, yeah. so Tom wrote about, not here. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, Tom wrote about how, you know, like, so, so this, where the Joneses lack some, I don't know, skill is they do <laughs> under, an under offer everybody. The initial report about Michael Gallup was his demands were higher than they expected. What a surprise, you know? Um, they asked DeMarcus Lawrence to take a pay cut. What a surprise. There's one player who they at least haven't reportedly asked to take a pay cut, and that would be somebody who's taking up an inordinate amount of salary cap space that doesn't necessarily make sense relative to the position that he plays, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. That's something that Tom uh, wrote about. Again, that goes out on Wednesday morning at blogontheboys.com. And again, this is really unfair for Zeke that he is now like associated with all this, Paul, but he's the only player that Steven Jones openly defended last week at the combine. The only player said, oh, he's here. He's a warrior. He plays through injury. He's awesome. We love him, but he, his money's guaranteed. We can't touch it. Um, they made this bed. I mean, and, and so like if they're going to, if they have the goal to walk up to DeMarcus Lawrence and ask him to take a pay cut, like what's the deal here? Why, you know, why is Zeke not a part of the process when it comes to all levels of consideration? I find the biggest mistake was Stephen Jones just saying that in public. Like, see if he didn't say any of that at all, then there could have been a different. This could have been a whole different conversation in general because you're singling out Zeke. This, like, he's pretty much untouchable, regardless. You're and right. yet, and you're expecting all the other guys in the roster to think, "Wait, hold on a minute." It's like, why? Like, I may like like I may kind of be be well. Take for example, D-Law, yeah, like he missed a couple of games this year, whatever. That's besides the point. But the fact is, it's like you're asked, like, why should I take a pay cut if you're guaranteeing him uh, all his money? You're just like a lot of players, like, and I don't blame D-Law for for saying no. I want to keep my money. I don't. I, like, you can't. You can't blame him. You know. 
Tom, along those lines, and again, this is something that you we've all griped about, but you've griped about a lot. Not that it's griping, uh, it's, it's it's substantiated. Um, so, as an example, the Denver Broncos traded for Russell Wilson today. That wasn't like shocking. That made sense from from people who connected dots. Obviously, there were reports and have been for the last year. They did kind of quell about Russell wanting out of Seattle. Clearly, Denver was in the quarterback market. They were obviously in the mix for Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that largely did just kind of like, whoa, come out of nowhere. Again, with the context of it kind of being building for a year now. The Cowboys' plans have been completely and totally transparent for the last week. Ever since Stephen Jones arrived at the NFL Combine, it's Here's what we think about Zeke Kelly. Here's what we think about Amari Cooper. Here's what we think about Demarcus Lawrence. As, as the weekend began, all the reports about Amari. Sunday night, the report about Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, it was completely known that, that they were not going to franchise tag Randy Gregory. I mean, every step of what they have done has been reported by one outlet or another somewhere along the way. I mean, saying these things, to Paul's point, hurts uh, like themselves in, in contract negotiations, and it hurts players in different facets. It hurts Zeke in one facet by virtue of people saying, well, why is why is Zeke untouchable? Why is Zeke whatever when, you know, we all see what's happening here? So, I mean, the lesson is shut the hell up, right, Tom? I mean, it's kind of crazy that how simplistic it is. Which seems to be something that the Jones family is genetically incapable of doing. They, they talk about... <laughs> They talk about the business of the franchise that ought to be going on in the offices, behind closed doors, in front of everybody. And that is a slap in the face to the players. I mean, how motivated are you to try to work with the team when they basically come out and said, well, we don't need you. We don't want you. You're too expensive. You're not earning your paycheck. Well, yeah, I'd dig in my heels and and not give a give them a thing back after that. If you're going to ask DeMarcus Lawrence seriously, and I don't think it was ser- a serious request to take a pay cut. It was strictly a another negotiating ploy out. Yeah, I mean, they, they knew he would say no. It's it's a yeah. necessary part of the dance, right? But, you know, you do that behind closed doors if you're going to ask him that at all there's no reason to pray that out in public except you're you're conducting a propaganda campaign and the jones family has done that for years and i hate it it's it's the negotiating in public through the media is is a terrible way to do it and it just has to be creating a lot of friction with with the roster and and the other players are noticing this and there's some other people on the roster that have made comments in social media that they, they don't like this way of doing business. It wasn't one of the players, Cole Beasley, made a couple of tweets of regarding about that. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, well, he claimed like this left, happened right? to him. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Paul, I'm pretty sure. Oh, sorry. Oh, you know, sorry. Well, uh, in in your heart of hearts, do you believe? And I think I think we all think one thing, but we all hope to be wrong. But in your heart of hearts, do you believe that the Joneses? are celebrating this week that in spite of their underperforming in last season's playoffs that they are the talk of the nfl granted today the headlines are aaron Rodgers and russell wilson but it has been i mean whatever national show you turn on cowboys should they keep amari cooper dalton schultz should the cowboys return with demarcus lawrence should the cowboys cut demarcus lawrence can micah parsons take over the role that demarcus lawrence will leave behind if they cut him do you paul in your heart of hearts and i'm curious if anybody watching agrees do you believe that the joneses are happy like that is their nirvana that they are being talked about by every national show in the world yeah, because uh, it just raises the profile of the, the, the actual franchise, but it's not good for, like Tom just mentioned, the team morale, all the players are going to be... I mean, if, if, if that was me on that roster myself, I'd be annoyed. It's like, what the hell? So, but from from their point of view, it, from a marketing standpoint, yeah, it's great. It's like any public, like good or bad publicity is good publicity. Like, as long as our name's getting talked about, that's it, you know? Tom, do you agree? You were nodding. For the podcast audience, you were nodding. Yes, I definitely agree with that. And I, I for just for a moment, the uh, the movie, I think it's it's Major League, where the owners plan to run the team into the ground and, and sell it or something. And the, 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 the staff and the players got together and said, forget this, we're going to go out and win it all. I actually see that kind of a mentality developing in the locker room. 
because that, I think uh, the, that was the 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 movie uh, clip that Romo shared. I don't know if you remember in 2015 yeah. when he was hurt, he shared that clip uh, when he was coming back. Yeah. Obviously, um, it was a big, bit of an L that Tony took, but it's okay. You know, it was a great moment when he tweeted it out, uh, nonetheless. Yeah, but it's it's just I, I you hate to see this, uh, and and it's it's like there there is an affection for the limelight, for the spotlight, for, for being on the tips of everyone's tongues around the league that, that his, I think just doing great damage to the organization as a whole. Uh, you know, it's, it would be so great if they just became more the owners who hired a real GM and just stayed yeah. out of the day-to-day operations, but that's not going to happen. That's not how these people are made up. I um oh, Go ahead, Paul. I was trying to say is like if there's one thing Jerry can turn is turn something that's absolutely crap into gold from any situation. Like we remember the whole situation a couple of seasons ago with Zeke. He's like Zeke who? And they actually made t-shirts out of it, started like selling that. Like he will turn anything and turn it into a profit. That's the thing. Like that that's Jerry and Steven in a nutshell. So and it's and and I totally agree. It's like we should actually have an actual GM that is actually proper football orientated to actually run the operations and let Jerry and Stephen think about like some marketing because that's what they're really good at. They know how to market the team, but they just don't know how to run it. So what this is today is Tuesday, March eighth. Uh, again, some people watch or listen to this later, maybe a day or two later, whatever. Uh, and we will have another roundtable next Tuesday on the night before the new league year officially begins. A new league year eve, as uh, as the cool kids call it. Um, but it's very possible that um, that the Cowboys make some moves, some releases, uh, some restructures between now and then. In fact, earlier today on Tuesday on the seven five zero, I asked Tony Casillas if he thought the Cowboys, if he thought Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence would be Cowboys by the time we recorded next Tuesday morning. He said no. I think, unfortunately, the three of us agree. I think they probably move on and, and are readying for free agency by then. Um, but I, I'll put it to you, and let me create this question. What is the one thing that the Cowboys can do that will still upset you? Because I, I, I feel like it's it's difficult to answer that. Um, Tom, I'll go to you first because uh, this is Paul's first roundtable, so he's not used to me springing some heavy questions uh, onto <laughs> people to, to have to answer right away. But what is – like? What what is the one thing they're holding back? What's the one thing the Cowboys are saving Tom that could get you to just be like, are you are you serious? Like you you now you're doing this? I know the answer, but I'm curious for what you guys think. I would say restructuring Zeke. You know what, Tom? You are a genius. That is the question uh, that we are now <laughs> going to hit. Paul, I'll put it to you. The Cowboys, as it currently stands, can get out of Zeke's deal. The deal that they made, uh, that they you know blinked first on, they can get out of that next year. And move on, and, and everyone can move on. Be you know, move on with their lives. If they restructure him, they marry themselves to Zeke for next season as well. Now, look, I we don't need to turn this into a like bag on Zeke thing. We all love Zeke. We're all grateful for yeah. Zeke. We've had some good love times, him. great memories. Where wherever he ends up next, we'll wish him luck. We'll enjoy the feed me celebration, unless it's for an NFC East rival. But we all agree that it is in the best football interest of the Dallas Cowboys to move on from him as soon as possible. So that being said, Paul, if they marry themselves to Zeke through the 2023 season, how upset will you be? Half and half. I, I would sentimentally. Half, half What an optimist no, 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 you are. No, 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 no. Reason I say that is like <laughs> optimistically, I still think Zeke, Zeke can still obviously do a job, but at the same time, I, totally respect the business decision like I, I, I'm, I'm, my hands are tied I really don't know it's one of those ones it's like I, I love Zeke I think I think he's great like you just mentioned there but at the same time I hate to see him go and like go to a rival or something you know oh sorry Tom <laughs> no I, I wanted to tag on to what you're saying that Zeke is coming off of an injury and what if he comes out and racks up like 15, 1600 yards next year on the ground? And then they suddenly decide, oh, wow, we're going to redo him and keep him for another five, six years. <laughs> it's like, 
I will Look, say I will say something about that. We need an O line for for Zeke to run. That's yeah. my only Look, point. <laughs> and- Look, guys, um, the podcast audience definitely can't see. Um, it's a little bit dark behind Paul, but I can tell you that's a wall of Marvel comics, uh, Paul. We, oh, we, right. we, we could talk oh. about that in in a, in a future episode. Um, to me, where we're at with Zeke again. Super grateful for Zeke, and I would never speak an ill word about his contributions to the Cowboys. He has given and given and given, played through injury, played through injury, sometimes to the demerit or to, to the detriment, rather, of the offense. But right now, Zeke is kind of like the DC cinematic universe. Now, I haven't seen the new Batman movie, but it's just like they keep trying and like trying to make this a thing, trying to make it a thing, trying to make it a thing, trying to make it cool. And they have all this stuff to it should be cool, but it's not. It's, it's you know what I mean? And like, we just got to accept it. Like, it's not going to be cool. It's just fine. We, we can live with it. We can just move on. But we, we can just let's accept it. Let's just let it be. And that way we don't have to like keep, you know, setting our false hope up to fall again and again and again. Am I way off base here? Paul. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and- uh, I, I'm 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 man of short uh, with very a uh, what's the what's, what's the term? I'm a man with a uh, not many words. <laughs> yeah, and, and even to carry it further, when they do get something right, it's kind of accidental, like they did with peace. Everything is accidental. <laughs> oh yeah, like like. I always, I always kind of say this. See, with regards to the likes of the draft, I always think the draft is like a lottery. You just like you can do all the scouting in the world, whatever, and that, but you just don't know until the player lands in the building what you're getting. And that is one of those ones that was a was a fourth round. Didn't know what to expect, and ended up he's now our uh, star quarterback. It was the same with Tony Romo years ago undrafted ended up being our star quarterback for so many years and holds so many records it it really is amazing how they've managed to be this successful relatively speaking um without devoting a serious resource to the most important position on the team like that really truly people be like oh the cowboys have such bad luck like that in and of itself speaks to their incredible fortuitous luck mm-hmm. um tom johnny boy rn has a question uh, or a comment says after years of being a draft or a player a way to get a new contention it is depressing to see them tear down a 12 and 5 team and preempt a rebuild on the spectrum of contender and rebuild tom are the cowboys closer to rebuild and if your answer is yes how what percent of that is of their own doing oh it's i i lean towards them having shifted into a rebuild stance uh i do think they are and it's all they're doing right you know it's it's 100 because they've made all of these past mistakes they've overpaid so many people they've done bad contracts uh to uh, investing resources in in lower value positions like running back and tight end and foregoing investing in defensive end and wide receivers that are much more impactful as far as their value to the team sorry tom even along those lines like the drafting of micah in a vacuum was an improper utilization of a resource. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like dra- drafting a linebacker that high is is not a great utilization of a resource. He wound up being a unicorn, but that doesn't make you smart. That makes you incredibly lucky. But continue. yes, and they are misreading that luck as how brilliant they are at drafting. And it's it's and you know Paul was exactly right. Every draft pick, even the first pick of the draft, is a roll of the dice. It's just, you know, your odds are better the earlier you draft, but there is always a chance for a bust with every single player that comes. And that doesn't even take into account that it only takes one bad injury to ruin everything in the first place. Paul, do you agree that they feel closer to a rebuilding team than a contender right now? Yeah, I do. Um, Sadly, um, Chris, I... We pretty much had our all of our eggs in the basket last season. It was probably our best chance. We had a team capable of winning the Super Bowl last season, and now it seems to be um, not from a team perspective, but just from the business perspective, like how the deals have been done. It's it's sacrificing players that we were in desperate still to we want to keep so badly to keep the. The bond going like from quarterback to raid receiver, we're, like, and also from defensive players as well. Like, like those team, it's yeah, it's a rebuilding stage, sadly. Um, 
I wrote about this uh, last week. I don't know if either of you saw it. If you didn't, my feelings are really hurt. Um, but um, but I believe Lou 365 says them hitting on free agency last year didn't help with their hubris either. We talked about this on the roundtable last week as well, uh, which sort of served as the um, inspiration for the article I wrote. And Tom, they are bargain bin hunters. That's That's what they want to be. And they right now are smelling themselves because they're like, we found J. Ron Curse. We found Carlos Watkins. We found Terrell Basham. We found DeMonte Cassie. We found Malik Cooker. We got all these contributions from our bargain bin. So what reason? Like, see, like, look, we can do this. Like, we got this. There's proof of concept. Um, and that is terrifying to consider with free agency a week away because they are surely, Tom, going to double down even after creating all the precious salary cap space that they supposedly need. Yeah, and, and there's even a question, you know, are they going to bring back J. Ron Curse? You know, uh, are, are they going to re-sign Brent Urban, who would have been a much better contributor if he hadn't been hurt? I'd love to see him back, and yet yep. I'm afraid they're not going to bring them back because now those players have gone out proven their value and have higher market value. And so it's like it's a vicious cycle and they they keep sticking with these things and wind up having a 12 and 5 season despite what they did and yet they're reading it wrong they're they're confusing correlation and causation and you know it's it 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 is truly maddening and it's going to be hard to get the hope the fervor, the the excitement back. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like um, I know some people listen to this with their kids, you know, around. So if that's the case, this is your warning. Distract them for a moment. But I feel like we've all been told Santa Claus isn't real, you know, and so it's it's, it's difficult to like, <laughs> it, it, you know, like it's it, like Christmas will come, like you're saying, Tom, you know, the season will come and there'll be lights and, and you know, there'll be the usual treats and the usual, you know, movies and stuff will play on television. But Paul, it won't feel the same. Like we, we we won't have that same, you know, call it innocence, call it you know, just general happy disposition. But we like, like it's people say like you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. You can't recreate that. You can't create that. You know, sort of you know, almost like focus group. Like you cannot you cannot refool us that way. We cannot unlearn this. And like that's where I feel like I feel like our innocence truly has been compromised with them. Yeah. That's a really depressing (laughs) answer. Um, Okay, a couple things before we get out of here. Uh, Paul, since you need to pick me up, uh, Anthony Hitchens was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs recently, according to the Dallas Morning News, quote, has a desire to return to the Cowboys. He will be (sighs) over 30 when the season starts, Um, just over 30 for what's worth his birthday is in the summer. Um, Do you want to see the Cowboys bring him back? He has only ever been to the conference championship since leaving the Cowboys, obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Won the Super Bowl. So he does kind of have that been there, done that vibe that maybe they need. Uh, But certainly, you know, the Chiefs saw his play regress a little bit over the last year, which is why they're moving on themselves. I'm going to say yes from the knowledge point of view from what he's learned from the Kansas City organization what he can bring for into Dallas but there's also the the question that it depends how cheap we can bring him back for that's my only thing like that's the only thing that stopped me from saying no that's it really it's, it's more it's just down to cost it's nothing to do with that it's nothing wrong with the actual player like people say oh if kansas city let him go why should dallas go well w- w- when you put it in perspective LV- lve is likely to go we've got um jabril cox just coming back from a made like from a serious injury we don't know the state status of how well he's going to perform michael parsons is pretty much the only guy right now and so we're kind of thinking, does bring Advin Hitches bring anything to the table? Absolutely. But at what price? At his age? So that's it. Uh, Tom, first of all, F. Kit Crutch says it's okay, kids. Archie doesn't mean what he said. Santa is very much a real person. That's right. Uh, was making that up. I was, I was just pissed. Uh, <laughs> that's really what it was. Uh, but, uh, but Tom, Alex Storm says vet minimum sign him up relative to Anthony Hitchens. Do you agree? Or is this a little too Cowboys, a little bit too progress stoppery, you know, I mean, 
a lot of it really truly does depend on what they want to do with Micah Parsons. If they do release Demarcus Lawrence or they're devoting more of his time to rushing the passer, then you obviously weaken your linebacker depth to a certain degree. You're not going to have Leighton Van Der Esch back in all likelihood, as Paul mentioned. Um, your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like Paul. Well, let's let's kick the tires. Let's find out what it would cost, and then see how that fits into the 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 precious cap situation. Uh, you know, if, if there's if there's room there, uh, I think he would be a a good addition to the to the linebacker room to, to if nothing else, to help develop Jabril. Uh, he might need a good mentor there to, to, to bring him along if he's going to be the player that we hoped he was when he was drafted. Mm. Um, I'm indifferent. I mean, fine. If it happens, cool. If it doesn't, you know, whatever. I, I would like, um, to the, the point you first started with, Paul, like I would like a veteran, kind of like what Gerald McCoy was supposed to be to the team, like somebody who's really accomplished a lot in the NFL. Obviously, yeah. Micah Parsons is, is a baller, but, you know, and, and if you're going to take away DeMarcus Lawrence, you know, one of the loudest leaders of the team, um, again, Mike is obviously kind of inheriting that role, and you've got Trayvon Diggs as an up-and-comer, but I think it would be cool to have somebody who has done it at the highest level. Yeah, so you need that kind of not a mentor mentorship within the team to a, to a certain degree. I mean, Hitchens brings does bring in like he's worked with a white linebacker court, has gotten to the Super Bowl and won it and been to conference championships. Like he's been there and he's done it and he's got the ring to prove it. So from what Anthony's learned during his time from Kansas, he can use that comparison from what Dallas have done wrong, like over the past years, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. I'm just saying, but if you use what he's done, what was the best parts, what he's done successfully from Kansas and bring that over and just lead it on to the next up and coming guys, give that, give that noise to like, so Micah Parsons, who knows that might even elevate his game. And then, and Micah Parsons might actually like wipe the floor of TJ Watt next year. Come defense. I'm, I'm going, I'm maybe I'm going way ahead of myself, but, but you, but you, you get where I'm coming from. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed, but that does seem like a classic kind of, you know, wave three of free agency signing from the Cowboys, you know, bring him back and whatever. And then, you know, Stephen Jones does, does his hit and says like, you know, we're, we're really excited about, about Anthony. I mean, you know, he's a great guy, great locker room. He's a, he was a captain for the chiefs. I mean, you know, we're, you know, roster acquisition in the NFL is a 24, seven, 365 process. And, and we're happy that, you know, it worked out for us uh, with, with this particular signing. Um, Tom, as, as we kind of start to wind down, do you have anything on your chest that you want to get off? Anything that you just, you know, you want to sigh deeply about? Um, I, I am, am a little bit upset that there's just not been a whole lot of talk about what they're going to do about the O-line. Um, I think that's well, their the plan, plan is to just cross their fingers and hope Kenyon Green falls in. That's the plan. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be it. And, and I saw that Kenyon didn't impress at the Combine, which – may put him a more likely uh, resource to be available at 24. But, you know, I, I just, you know, I saw some something about somebody talking about Lael Collins might be a trade piece. Which means well, it was the, would... the chatter last year that he was going to retire. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, he's had a weird couple of years, um, yeah, needless and... to say. You know, fortunately, they've they've got Terrence Steele, who is another one of those lucky finds out there who might be able to step in and and do it. But yeah, they've they've still got a problem at left guard, and I don't know what they're going to do there. I, I well, you mentioned Kenyon Green. I've been doing my little research and did watch the combine and stuff like that. And there's a guy I think in the like day two, day three that could be worth looking at as a chat at. at God, the the guard from Chattanooga, uh, oh God, was it Cole Strange? That's his name, Cole Strange, and quite an intelligent player, very intelligent for a guard uh, in terms of football IQ. That's definitely something I think they could definitely be worth looking into. Like Chris, Chris, who knows? And this is the thing you, I was, about, I want to get off my chest. I don't even know if O-line is going to be our first priority anymore regards to the whole Michael Park, uh, no, Michael, uh, Amari Cooper situation. Like, does that mean, if we let go of Cooper, does that mean 
wide receivers now, yeah. higher priority. Like what? Even linebacker. That's still we're likely to still draft linebackers. Like it seems like everything's open up in the air. The only positions that seems to be really safe right now is quarterback and running back, pretty much. Well, and that's they'll sign. You know, maybe it's an Anthony Hitchens. That, that's all they're going to use free agency for is to hedge themselves and protect themselves for whatever doesn't fall to them at 24. So they'll sign Anthony Hitchens and that'll, that'll be there like, okay, if, if, if we don't go live, if we don't take N'Kobe Dean, if, if Kenyon falls, we're, we're good. Uh, they'll, I don't know who, what free agent receiver, you know, it, it will be your, you know, I mean, I don't want to say it'll be your Deontay Thompson, you know, sort of day or time, but I mean, it will be that. Um, as they protect themselves, and they'll rely on CD and Michael Gallup. They are re-signed Noah Brown today to a one-year deal, so you've got that going on. And we're gonna get ready to hear all the Simi Fajoko buzz. That will be everything that we start to hear yeah. uh, <laughs> for for the next few months. Um, last one for us, um, and and I'll I'll throw this to you first, Paul. Thank you for the super chat. Jordan Thomas um, says, "Why should we have faith in this front office?" The, the, I mean, if if you have to have an answer. Paul, what is yours? I can't possibly answer that if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, for the first time, um, my faith has been questioned um, mm. because of how the Jones family are being treated in this whole situation. And it's kind of year by year, it's regressed. I'm just getting to the point now, I'm like, we need to do better. We need to actually have a proper GM to run the football operations and not treat the Cowboys as a marketing tool and actually treat it as an actual football franchise. That's it. You know, I'm I'm a Manchester United supporter and I'm like in the same boat with, with oh, my two teams. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, won't very, mean, I, won't, <laughs> I won't mention anything about Man U, mate. <laughs> but that's like, I feel very, it's like the all the Glazers care is like, how many Ronaldo kits can we sell? You know, it's like, I mean, you know that they got smoked by city on sunday and they just they don't care you know there was no whatever anyway i'm over it i'm not over it i'm dead inside but uh tom um why should we have faith in this front office you have to answer this and your answer cannot be because will mcclay drafts very well oh well there that's my opinion <laughs> that if, if you're talking about the jones family we can have faith that they're going to find more and more creative ways to screw things up that's about the only faith i've got that's johnny boy rn actually says that is probably the most aggravating part of this we go into the offseason with o-line issues but instead we disrupt a roster and create drama that, that's a great comment I that mean, is that, that right. is so true that, that that that's a nail in the coffin that one right like again it you know it was very clear and obvious what what they needed and they said that's cool but you know, like this, this one part of the house is on fire. We're gonna set off bombs in every room. Um, like that's... I, 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 I'll tell you, RJ, have you ever seen the meme where it's the dog sitting in the, the room oh, yeah. and the, 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 it's all fire and it's like, this is fine, this is fine. No, it's not. <laughs> I actually see, like, I don't even think that's who they are because they're not telling us this is fine. They're telling us this is great. They're telling us this was the plan. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, no, we, we planned for this to be on fire so that we could come in and we could save it. You know what I mean? Like, that that's the whole plan. Um, and so, like, you know, it's a great question, Jordan. Like, why should we have faith? I mean, you know, my answer is to echo these guys. We can't. Like, there's there's no reason. There's nothing they've done to, to justify faith. And... and to the point we started the show off with, you see other front offices, I wouldn't even say get creative. Like there aren't these like ultra creative things that other teams are doing. You just see them exploring avenues that the Cowboys refuse to. And, and you know, like like Manchester United, this is one of the wealthiest, most well-off, well-positioned, you know, resource available, forget teams, just companies in the world. And they somehow, Paul, just refuse to do anything. I mean, because the status quo keeps the lights on and, and you know, on and on and on and on. I mean, yeah, um, not to use my news as an example, but I'll, I'll, use, I'll use a team like, for example, Cincinnati. They drafted the quarterback they desperately needed. They drafted a wide receiver they desperately need. They're now looking to depart, now drafting players that they actually need to fix the voids where they are right now and look what happened a team that were pretty much number one overall two seasons ago have now elevated and brought themselves to the super bowl like 
it's they did the smart thing and bringing in players of what they really actually needed to do and worked around their scenario when it comes to the cap and stuff like that. So it's like team the Cowboys have every opportunity to do this, but they just seem to like Tom and yourself said they just dragged on these scenarios for for different players, and it's too late, and we end up overpaying, and and we're now paying the price. Um, Tom, this is my last question. You know, I, I'm only speaking for myself, but I'm going to assume you guys have felt similarly at different points in your lives when you know you've met somebody or you've been talking to somebody, and, and they've thrown out some sort of like ridiculous conspiracy theory, something like the Joneses they don't care about winning they all they care about is making money and like somewhere in in my heart of hearts in my head of heads i've thought like okay like this is just a person talking right the way things have gone i i have a difficult time disputing that like i'm I'm not saying i'm ready to say that's a hundred percent true but i can no longer assign it zero percent validity i mean is that fair to say tom like is it like something i've been saying this offseason is they are becoming the meme they are becoming the meme and the joke that a lot of people in what used to feel like unsubstantiated ways, but now potentially actually legitimate ways say they are. Yeah. It's the only alternative is that they, they are still believing that they have the right answer and just don't have an inability to see the reality. Hmm. Uh, And, and the fact that they are so financially successful and have such a, a powerful brand, actually kind of helps insulate them from the effects of reality. Mm. Man, we're getting to some real like Westworld stuff here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. uh, well, sorry we bummed you all out. It was Paul's fault. Uh, but no, seriously. I know I'm 5,000 miles away, but don't do me like that, man. <laughs> um, you can hear Paul every Sunday on the world's team. Uh, our newest show on the Blog and the Voice podcast network with Meg Murray. Um, again, you know they, they cover everything going on with the Cowboys and, and certainly lately have been talking about the potential for them heading to London uh, this coming season. We're all certainly hoping that's the case. You can hear Tom every Thursday on Riled Up with Roy White. They've been off the last two weeks, but they are back this week. So uh, get ready for Tom and Roy to eviscerate this team. You can also read Tom uh, at blogandtheboys.com. Tom's on Twitter at TomRyleBTV. Paul is at IMPStu. Check out all the work the UK Cowboys people do as well tom the final however many words you want belong to you buddy it's football folks just be glad because there's a lot of worse problems in the world right now we'll see y'all next week <laughs>